Subha, what's happening with that paid ads plan that you had for this year? Uh, I don't think I've achieved much and I'm quite lost between uh, multiple efforts. So yeah, like you would expect I'm all over the place. Fair enough. And also I think when we are doing tactical stuff for tactical outcomes, uh, it's a lot harder, right? Because I think somewhere in investing in things like content and brand, uh, we know that it's going to take a while and maybe there's some comfort in knowing that. Uh, But when I'm spending a decent budget on something in any given month, then I probably want faster results, Uh, which is where I really thought, I mean, this is a confusion that all of us go through, myself included, and a lot of clients as well. Uh, So why don't we really ask somebody who's day job it is to run these campaigns right so what kinds of budgets would you set how would you go about thinking about something like this even welcome to the damn good marketing podcast we are already on episode nine of season two i don't know how to believe that but i'm going to give myself a minute and just believe that we have with us today varnika pasari founder at tic tactic tic tactic is a performance marketing studio for B2B companies. And that's the most exciting thing for us because Varnika is very clear that she wants to work with B2B brands and she does LinkedIn and Google ads. Hi, Varnika. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So we have a lot of questions for you today, Varnika, as you'd expect. Uh, Subha is going to come ask you questions about budgets. How do you decide? Is it going to be Google? Is it going to be LinkedIn? And I have some mindset level questions as well. So let's just get started. Yeah. Yes, please. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) So Varnika, my first question to you is really uh, about convincing people, right? So when you have four or five different things that you can do as part of a marketing plan, uh, firstly, why should you go uh, the LinkedIn ads or the Google ads route? Uh, and for someone to succeed in doing that, what are certain baseline metrics, uh, things that should already be taken care of? So uh, we normally work with clients who have two objectives. Either it could be brand building where they want a lot of awareness on their pages or of course lead generation. See, any company that right. wants to invest into marketing ultimately wants to make money out of it. So the way we work is always showing them that if you invest this much, this is a kind of an ROI that you get in return. So that's always been the pitch that has worked till now. And also we've more or less always delivered on the lines that we have taken them through because we try to understand, we do a lot of research at our end before starting any campaign on any platform and before even telling them. So we don't promise anything, but even giving them an idea of what we think that they can get out of the campaign It requires a lot of research and we believe in giving them very realistic results. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying that so far in most of the campaigns that you've run, expectations and reality have been somewhat close to each other. Yes. This is something that I believe very strongly, even as a person that you have to set very realistic goals to achieve anything. If I tell my client that, you know, you invest say 50,000 rupees and it'll turn into 50 lakh, I can say it and there's no reason that they'll be able to hold me accountable because there's so many factors that come into play. But uh, if I'm not realistic about it, they're never going to come back to me, right? I have to tell them right. that this is what we can achieve with whatever your budget is. We are very conservative when it comes to our budgets to start off with. For example, there's a company that we run ads for that has been, now we've been doing it for six months. So I've increased the mm-hmm. budget gradually and now we run ads for even one lakh rupees or two lakh rupees a month to start with. Oh, wow. Okay. Started with 
a very conservative budget of say twenty thousand rupees because I had to show them some results. See, LinkedIn ads are quite expensive in comparison to any other platform, but that is simply because the kind of results that you get from LinkedIn and the kind of leads that you get from LinkedIn are so much better than any other platform. So LinkedIn charges you for the quality that they give you, and that you can only achieve if you start off by showing some. very basic results and then you start building trust from the client also you know something that uh, you said is standing out for me that you look at it as a series or a set of campaigns right i feel most of us as business owners it's a little bit unstructured it's like okay today i wake up what do i want to say mm-hmm. or this week what do i want to say or you know some event happens and hence i'm going to talk about it but i'm never really thinking mm-hmm. in terms of campaigns honestly that's how we work uh, especially if we have a long term campaign see short term objectives obviously that okay i have an event i want to run an ad for an event or i have this specific thing coming up and i want to create a lot of awareness about it but in the long term when we make plans for lead generation it's not something that can happen in one month anyway see b2b sales cycles are quite long right it mm, and yeah. the uh, the deal amounts are also quite big so to for me to tell my client okay you spend this much money and tomorrow you're going to get a lead it's it's not fair on their part because they will be expecting that from me but if i tell them yeah. that okay we'll get some leads then we're going to nurture the leads and at the end of say 3 months the leads that i'm going to give you are going to be genuine good leads that can actually mm-hmm. turn into potential clients then mm-hmm. cracking the deal is on you so this is something that will take time we have to be in a mindset that it's going to be Say three months, six months. We divide our months into short-term goals, and then we have long-term goals. We achieve our short-term goals in order to achieve the long-term goals. Right, right. I really like the idea of layering uh, these objectives over each other. So, say my short-term goals could still be a month or you know a sixty-day period, but the longer-term goal is just an extension of that. So that I think is right. a very cool way of thinking about it which we don't often do like suva said it's always campaign to campaign or sometimes honestly we don't even think in terms of campaigns right so <laughs> i think that singular focus probably really helps and i also had a question for you varnika on the sales cycle yeah. aspect of it right so there are yeah. obviously certain uh, services in certain industries which have a longer sales cycle because they are either perceived as wants not needs uh, or the market is still not ready uh, for that specific kind of solution so there could be any number of use cases in which conviction takes a while to build right so have you had an experience of running a campaign of that sort wherein it took that 6 9 month period uh, and you kind of if you can just give us an example of how you layered these campaigns on top of each other i think that would be very interesting to know um so yes the client that i was talking about where we started off with a budget of 20000 rupees they were my first client that we started with and uh, okay. so they are a video company they make b2b videos so they wanted to connect with uh, corporates that want training videos which are say for 2 lakh 3 lakh rupees so that's that's the kind of clients that they wanted we started off by running very very conservative ads where i was at that time because they were my only client also i was monitoring the ad every minute of every day to be honest and i was just checking what what can be done how can i optimize it further So that time right. my short term objectives were to just build brand awareness for their page in that particular industry and what we did was we just kept building awareness because with that budget it is not possible to do lead generation and i was very clear about this also then once we got right. say 
X number of views on our videos. We got X number of likes. We got a lot of engagement, which did quite well. Then I started convincing them to increase the budget slowly. So we uh, kind of made it thirty thousand rupees, and we made it forty. Today, when I run a campaign for them, it starts off at one, and uh, they've got three or four really, really good leads. In fact, they got a lead with one of the companies that they were looking to connect with since the last one year. They were just not mm-hmm. being able to. Get a contact in that company because they did not know. So we used wow. a combination of LinkedIn ads with Sales Navigator, which I'll come to later. But uh, Sales Navigator really helped us in nurturing the lead, and then all our ads later was just targeted towards that particular company. So for that company, we've spent a lot of money. But at the end of it, the amount that they spent and the amount that they've got on from them in terms of their deal has been, I think, three x or four x. So that's how it works. See, we have to create a plan. We have to move people down the funnel. We have a rule when we come to B two B marketing is that ninety five percent of your buyers don't know that they want your product. You have to yeah. continuously teach them and tell them about your product. So even the first campaign that you run for any company cannot directly be a lead generation campaign because that will never mostly yeah. works. Or you'll yeah. get the worst kind of leads, and then you'll anyway be disappointed, and it's almost like a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is also how you know when we talk about Google Ads, and a lot of people say that the leads we're getting are not good, is because these people at this point don't even know that they want your product. They are just people who are, you know, just there for the sake of being there, or just trying to inquire about things. But if you're right. spending that much money and you want your ROI. So we sit and we nurture the lead. We move them through the funnel by. So the first ad will be an awareness ad, and the second ad will be more of telling them about your products, about the features of your products. So when we say awareness, I mean only brand awareness. The second step is teach, telling them exactly what kind of products you will give them and how will it help to solve their pain point. Then the third step is the process. So telling them how right. to get in touch with you. So thinking that now they are already your buyer. so you give them all the relevant information and in the fourth step we bring all of this back to them through retargeting oh that's where the retargeting kind of comes into picture it's more of a reeducation process rather than exactly. you know, basically hitting anyone and everyone who spends even a second on the website now. exactly we don't even believe in retargeting everybody that has come to the website because yeah. from in a b2b situation uh, you could have a lot of people a lot of your competitors coming onto your website over and over again So yeah. retargeting everybody that comes to the website is of no use to you. But if you retarget people who have specifically shown a lot of engagement with your ad, not only in the mm-hmm. first step but in the second step and in the third step, you know that these are people who are interested in working with you, or at least interested that's in knowing more about your product. Yeah, and that's what I find is the difference between working with somebody who's a really good analytics person or a Really good CRO because they know that the behavior you're looking for is not somebody going to home product contact or you right. know doing something that you so expect right. It's about the unexpected behaviors and that's where I think that experience of folks who are on the analytics side also matters so much because what events are you tracking in terms of uh, capturing intent mm. really right yeah 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 see also. Um, intent when it comes to b2b see you can track intent very easily on google right because you know that people mm-hmm, search mm-hmm. these keywords but on linkedin you cannot track people through intent it's actually a why i love linkedin is because 
like I mentioned, a lot of them don't know that they want your product, but we are making right. them want your product. So that's where the more interesting part comes in. It's actually a journey with your customers where you are taking them through all the different steps because they don't know that they want it. You will never be able to find intent in terms of okay, I want to buy this product. How how do you find that on LinkedIn? You can't do it, but you can you find it. Exactly, you can find people who are interested, who can be interested. You can find the right uh, group of people in terms of decision makers. So nurturing the lead is a very interesting process on LinkedIn, which I I really enjoy doing that. No, that's that's really nice to hear, Varnika, and it explains why you've specifically chosen B two B. So you know the effort that goes into LinkedIn has to has to be over a longer game plan, right? Like I'm thinking hmm. that if I let's say have an event coming up or if i have something very specific that i want people to sign up for then uh, maybe a google ad makes sense and you and you you know buy ads for that particular period but if you're really looking to nurture a kind of audience then i should be more on linkedin is is that how i should look at it not really it depends on what the event is if it's a large scale event where you know that a lot of people in the world will be attending then it's fine then you can go for google because it's going to be relatively cheaper but if it's a specific event that your company is conducting or if it's an online event where you want people to sign up then linkedin is a better platform because it will also give you the information of your leads there's a lead gen form that they just have to click on the button linkedin auto fills the form for them so it really depends on how much time you have and what kind of an event it is got it right and i think uh, in linkedin in some way i feel that uh, there is a opportunity to get somebody to also follow you or connect with mm-hmm. you and and that relationship could go beyond just that one event right. whereas uh, a google ad tactically it might be great for that event but mm-hmm. to kind of nurture that relationship you'd have to find some other ways and means right absolutely also you know the a uh, good thing about linkedin ads is also you can there are so many ways to do it right it can be a video it can be a single image or it can be even a message so see people think that you have to spend a lot of money on linkedin to gain anything right which yeah, is, yeah. which is not true at all because linkedin is so targeted and because you can exactly tell linkedin that i only want these people you don't end up spending a lot so if you have a defined target group for an event you can just do sponsored messaging which is almost at par at google ads it's it, sponsored messaging is one of the cheapest linkedin ads that you can go for and the message goes from your profile even if it's for your company it it needs a person to send the message very rarely does linkedin allow companies to send messages and even if they do allow it has to be a very very high end company with a lot of followers so when a person sees your face on a message it automatically resonates with them a lot more it makes them want to talk to you more even if i don't want to talk about that particular message i might want to connect with you understanding your product or building my connection so there are so many different things that you get out of a linkedin ad it's not just getting the lead it's also building your network getting more people to follow you which eventually overall in time might convert into a good client right got right. it so varnika i had a question actually on um, 
optimizing for different parameters right so of course you have a platform uh, which is essentially a professional platform and therefore you have a lot of data on people where they work what roles what functions what levels of experience past industries present industries all of that so there's that component and understanding that component well uh, there's also of course budget and finally how much you're you know wanting to spend in any given context in your experience uh, what has been the single greatest determinant of an ad success or failure for that matter <laughs> that's a very interesting question um i think um, for me the success is always if i have targeted a particular group you know keeping in mind that obviously like you mentioned all the budgets etc are all in place but at the end of the day what our clients want are reaching out to the right people right that's why we are telling them do linkedin ads because you are the group that you're looking for is on linkedin it's not anywhere else the decision makers are on linkedin so for me just to see it's it's also not like you know whenever we, we even do the lead generation ads and sometimes we get only one or two leads which to the client looks like a failure but for me what i see is how many people have interacted with my ad and what kind of people have interacted with it so for me the top parameters are always the demographics in terms of the decision makers and the industry if i'm trying right. to target a particular industry or if i'm trying to target a particular company have i managed to reach the decision makers or the required people in that company so if you would tell me that i want to target say the uh, cto of a particular company have i been able to do that or not and vice versa that's i think right. always been the number one thing for me because it makes me realize uh one is a teaching my target group and two also in the future if i have to run a retargeting ad for these people will i get the right people or not so we right. always yeah. you know also come back to our ads say 6 months later if i have run an ad today i might use the interaction group of that ad 6 months later so for me ensuring that i'm building the right audience on linkedin is very very essential fair enough which actually kind of leads me to uh, industries that have a lot of competition already in terms of linkedin ads right like for example mm-hmm. i know for a fact that cyber security is an industry that's yeah. laden with linkedin ads because <laughs> even when i was working as an external party there i used to be bombarded with ads about cyber security so mm-hmm. uh, and also i think the complexity of the domain is such that there are so many different things that you can talk about right and then there are of right. course some industries as we we discovered in the project that we work together on uh, hmm. such as manufacturing where there doesn't seem to me that be uh, that kind of ad presence right hmm. uh, so when you have to operate in industries where the competition is high in terms of your competitors probably larger competitors spending a lot more money uh, given that linkedin is considered such a powerful tool right so even outside of ads i'm sure there are other ways of reaching out to your potential audience and other ways of you know building a process out of that uh, say for example my two biggest competitors are really huge folks and they're already spending a lot of money on linkedin uh, and if i'm just a small guy starting out i have some organic presence what should i really be doing okay so again um, it's always a plan of organic growth with paid ads and then sales navigator these are the three things which go hand in hand when it comes okay. to lead generation on linkedin uh, you cannot mm-hmm. just focus on any one of them and expect results you have to try to put your eggs in all these three baskets 
Right, so right. when it comes to organic growth, see also because uh, all your plans have to be aligned, whatever your objective is. So, if for example, even as a small company, if you're looking to target an a company, a particular company, then your organic posts and your paid ads should both reflect the same message. If you're doing two different things, then it's probably not <laughs> going to work out for the best. Because right. what happens is that the paid ad is going to take them sometimes to the page or to the website. Now, if my paid ad is saying something and my LinkedIn page is saying something else, and my website is saying something completely different, they're going to drop out in less than a second because they're like, okay, I don't know what this company is doing. So that's one part of it. The second part is uh, your question about how do small companies manage to compete against the big guys? How do these companies compete against the big guys in the real world? It's the same thing here as well. See, every company. has some sort of a usp or something that they are offering against the big companies so if, for yeah. example if i'm a company in india and i'm trying to compete with a company in the us which is a very very big company but our clientele is the same for me the rates that i would be offering my services to my clients or the client service that i would be offering would be a lot better and that is what i'm trying to pitch to them as well so this is also what i use to target my linkedin ads I obviously cannot compete with them in terms of their budget, but okay, if they are targeting five hundred companies. I'm going to target only five companies, but in those five companies, right. I'm going to make sure that my message is very, very clear to them. That this is why you have to choose me over, say, company X, Y, or Z. So we always leverage their whatever it is that they are trying to do in the real world, even on online in the online world. It is just that we use their budget more wisely. you know i right. also believe that even as a big company you don't have to spend millions just to get those five leads because ultimately your clients are going to be those five people only it's about how you spend it you know this actually reminds me of a huge uh, case study for how the small guy can really become big right and this hmm. was way back in the 1960s uh and the agency involved was ddb if i'm not wrong so avis and hertz were the two car rental uh, agencies that were there in the market at that time and hertz was considered the leader with about 60 65% of the market share uh okay. and avis actually went ahead and ran an entire print campaign series called we try harder and some of the headlines say things like avis can't afford not to be nice avis can't afford to make you wait avis can't afford dirty ashes right so they really took the small guy positioning and owned it so badly that i think within the next 4 5 years hertz's market share fell to about 49% if i'm not wrong so i was just reminded that sometimes just playing to your strengths can actually be the single greatest differentiator in a crowded market absolutely and this is where marketers come in right like our entire job is to make them look yeah, like they are somebody <laughs> exactly that's our yeah. entire role for me to try to create an interesting tagline for the most boring company is my challenge right? kind of the job <laughs> exactly so yeah. i think this is always a question that i have come across and this is also something that i had very initially so when i spoke to my mentor he just said that so what so what if you're a small company play to your strengths so i said fine let me try it so now arnika tell me some tips and tricks for optimizing the time that i am spending on linkedin like what are some of those uh, you know kind of maybe hidden features that we just don't look at because we don't know we should look for it okay so um, when it comes to linkedin page i'm going to start with the page and then we'll come to a personal profile i think with pages people just don't do the very basic things like adding a button 
to visit your website okay even so there are a lot of times that i overtake pages from companies and they don't have something as simple as that see the moment you are next to the follow button if you add that contact us or visit my website button it will automatically take that person into knowing everything that they have to know about your company that is something that we should really be using to our advantage the second thing is uh, adding a good tagline and a good description in terms of about so this is mm-hmm. aim for both your personal and your uh, company page see the tagline is what people see if they even scroll over your name or your company name right so it has to be gripping enough for them to want to visit your page but at the same time it has to be something that tells them what you do so this is a little right. tricky but if you work on it if people actually spend more than 5 minutes on it, it you can come <laughs> up with something good uh, yeah because i find that, uh, the page no is something that i do spend some time on and i you know put in some of the details like you're mentioning but it's something that i give up the most on because it feels like um, uh folks are more likely to visit my personal profile and then know that okay i work for xyz or i run xyz company but the uh traction on a page always feels like very suboptimal and linkedin is not where people go for pages they go for the people and and that's the feeling i get is that uh, is that a misunderstanding or is it because i'm just not running the page well enough it's sort of a misunderstanding because you know where do people go from your profile when people come on to your profile and you have on your profile you can add your company to your header right mm-hmm. so where do they go from there they go to your company page and if you have a great looking profile and a sad looking company page they are <laughs> probably understanding yeah. that you're not spending a lot of time in doing that see i feel like your page and your profile are equal leverages Okay, your profile is probably sixty-five, and your page is thirty-five. But the thirty-five is also a lot yeah. from a from as sim- something as simple as your cover image that people don't spend any time on for your page. It's yeah. such a great place for you to give so much information to your clients. Why are you wasting that space? People are putting just their logo as a banner. We can already see your logo. We can already see your company name everywhere. Don't just write your logo. add some information at least add a way to get in touch with you if nothing else tell mm-hmm. them top 5 services or top if if you are a product selling company tell them three of your top products just write the names of your products so i don't have to even take the effort of going to your website i can from your company page if i visit your company page on linkedin and i see that banner and on the right hand side where i can actually see a snippet of the banner if you just mention some information that can be useful to me it saves me so much time see a linkedin page or profile always has to be formatted for busy people okay because everybody yeah. on linkedin is not there for leisure they are mostly there for work so we yeah. have to keep that in mind with every single thing that we do even the about us that you write whether it's for your company or for your personal profile the first line has to be something which will tell them what you do and you know make them want to read the rest of your story all of the other flowery language and all of those things can be safe for the other profiles you can do that on instagram and on facebook but on linkedin you have to you have only 3 seconds to capture anyone's attention 
it's like your business card i think yeah sometimes it's the most basic of things and it's good to be mindful because i just realized that there are certain uh, things that i have not done in a very long time just to kind of wrap things uh, mm-hmm. on a happy note uh, mm-hmm. which one would you consider uh, a project that made you happy and why one project oh my god <laughs> so um we did one single campaign with a company uh, last year in december and that was something which really made me very happy because the person i had to convince was a 65 year old uncle and mm-hmm. trying to explain linkedin and linkedin ads to him was a challenge for me so they are a b2b company and they're trying to export into a new market and for me just convincing him to do it was i think half my battle won and also this is a company that makes products which go beyond my understanding so for me right. the first step was understanding everything that they do it was just a learning process because i had no idea about that industry or the company and i was sitting with him constantly on calls and he thought i'm some mad girl who is pestering him so much for such basic things on his end but mm. wanted a particular uh, connect in a particular industry in the united kingdom and he managed to get him that first you know breakthrough and then yeah. today they are in that country so i think that's something which was really really good because see our company is based on the idea that we want to first help people who don't know how to do any of these things like right. bring those offline companies online because they don't know the value of this working with uh, other companies that already are on linkedin is obviously great but to bring that journey where i have taught somebody that okay this is a platform that you can use and today now that uncle has a proper linkedin profile and he's connecting with people every day so that's something that gives me a lot of happiness yeah no that sounds very uh, wholesome and also i think <laughs> the work that we do has a way of snowballing right i think we, yeah. we need to be both cognizant and it's also exciting that you know somewhere the little seed that you plant has a way of you know finally becoming that tree and that's finally the most fulfilling and the most exciting aspect of i think the work that we do uh, thank you varnika i learned so much and i already made like a running list as we were talking of the things <laughs> that i should do before you go look at my profile and stuff <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much that was illuminating to say the least i think i've always shied away from the performance aspect of things uh because i have personally had experiences of people trying to rush into it too quickly but knowing that it works uh and especially knowing that it works in such specific ways is always very reassuring uh and to that end i think uh, maybe performance marketing is something that we don't have to be too so scared of thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the damn good marketing podcast about all things ads We hope to see you next time where we'll surely have something fun and exciting for you as we always do. Uh do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading reviews and if you're on Spotify please do give us a follow as well. 